Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Hoping we find everybody in good form this morning and we look forward to your company. We're with you until one o'clock today with John Paul. Taking the calls as always at 1850-333-103. Anything you want to share with us, we would love to hear from you. We always, of course, welcome you texts and WhatsApps as well to 0862-103-103. Yesterday, we had a busy, busy programme and we were in particular speculating about would there be a general election because we knew that both the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar and the Fianna Fall leader Micheál Martin we knew they were meeting yesterday afternoon and there was much speculation that they were going to come out of that meeting and there would be a deadline and a time set for a general election and I have to say we had a lot of our listeners yesterday who reckoned yeah go for it straight away and there was people speculating that it would be as early as the 7th of February some were even saying we could have a general election on Valentine's Day uh, and even though my gut feeling tells me that politicians themselves don't really want to be out canvassing in in, in January and into February but only time will tell because we are no closer I think to finding out when we certainly don't have a a date and all of the main broadsheets today are leading with front page stories uh, on it. The Irish Times, for example, are saying the Taoiseach and the Fianna Fáil leader left their parties and the wider doll in suspense after the timing of the general election following what was a short meeting. I think people thought it would go on for longer. The examiner says the country remains braced for a snap general election. There's the much anticipated meeting concluded without resolution yesterday. They say the meeting took place as Mr Varadkar repeatedly failed to rule out uh, a dissolution of the Dáil ahead of its scheduled return next Wednesday. The two leaders agreed to consider what was raised and to meet again early next week. However, senior party sources say that neither party were prepared for an immediate withdrawal for fear of undermining progress in the Northern Ireland talks. And I, I do think they're probably wise on that grounds that's getting very close to finding a solution and nobody wants to scupper that. It's understood that Micheál Martin made clear that Fianna Fáil could not move beyond a position of abstaining on key votes and that would leave Leif Radker now to shore up numbers elsewhere if he is to avoid a disillusionment of the government and then the Irish Independent say that the picking up on that point saying now that Leo will have to turn to controversial independent TDs like Noel, Noel Grealish and Michael Lowry in a bid to cling to power for the next four months Mr Varadkar is under pressure from his ministers to put distance between recent controversies, including the RIC commemoration debacle, as many people are calling it, and the forthcoming general election. Leo Varadkar said he would spend the coming days speaking to his party, independent ministers and also independent TDs who have supported the government in the past. And he'll do that in attempt to remain in power. I mean, Leo Varadkar's plea is give me four more months, please. And, and I'm assuming that a lot of the 
certainly the Fianna Gael TDs will want people to forget about the RIC commemoration and they certainly won't want to be hearing about that on the doorsteps. Uh, but we do know that Micheál Martin yesterday has said that if there was a vote of no confidence in any of the ministers or in the government, he wouldn't be supporting a, a vote of confidence in particular. The one uh, for Simon Harris, the health minister, Michael Collins, independent doll deputy for West Cork, spoke to us yesterday. He's calling for a vote of no confidence with everything that's going on in the health service. And Neil Martin says no way is he going to be able to support support any confidence emotion. So the best he can offer the Taoiseach is to abstain. But the numbers are not there. The numbers are just not adding up. So it would look like he would have to go cap in hand to Noel Grealish and to Michael Lowry to see if they will support him or not. And talking of the RIC commemoration, which has it been postponed? It has it been cancelled? Only time will tell on that one. Uh, but it's 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 it makes me smile to even see this in print. But it's all over the papers today about the Kamouchi Black and Tans. That song it has risen to the top of the iTunes charts both in Ireland and in the United Kingdom. I mean. I think a couple of days ago I mentioned it in that it had gone it had entered the iTunes charts in Ireland and it was at number 20 and I was saying that you know because people are starting to talk about the Black and Tans again once we spoke about the RIC commemoration so I suppose there would be a cohort of young people maybe don't even know the song and then the older generation who would know the song it just brought it back I think into people's psyche again and people humming the song let's take a listen to that again and then people decided to download it on iTunes which means it's making some money for the Wolf Tones and Dues to the Wolf Tones, they came out straight away and said that they are donating the proceeds from the number one song on iTunes and they're giving it to the Peter McVerry Trust, which is really, really decent of them uh, to do that. So uh, well done. And there's, I know on Twitter, the official Wolf Tones account wrote, Kamauchi Black and Tans, number one in Ireland. Fine Gael got their answer. But I don't know if anyone was expecting it to go to number one in the UK charts but it has, it has, and it'll be now. Now, I suppose the big thing is how long will it stay at number one in the iTunes charts? Now, coming up on the program this morning, we're going to speak in more detail to this front page story that we've woken up to on the Echo this morning, and it's to do with a flat that's up for rent in Cork City, and the landlord has been very upfront about it, and it's a fine little flat and he's put it up for rent and he's offering it rent free but there is a but. The return is that the the young, and I'm assuming young female I don't know if he put an age on it or, 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 or did he actually state what kind of female he's looking for but the female tenant who would get the who get to live in this rent live in this flat rent free would have to in return have sex with the landlord twice a week. I don't know if, there, if he would set down the actual days that they were to have the sex. You know, would it be Mondays and Wednesdays? Would it be Thursdays and Saturdays? I don't know, but it's just such a bizarre story. And I don't think I've ever come across an ad like this. I've certainly never reported on an ad like this, but it does. The really serious side to this, it just shows if people have applied and if people have in desperation to get accommodation in Cork City. I mean, and I don't know if we'll ever find out how many people, how many females said, yeah, I'll give that a go. I need a roof over over my head. And I'm really interested to try to dig deeper into this and find out, I mean, surely that's illegal that you could actually put an ad like that 
and clearly advertise. It's not, you know, whatever about somebody approaching a landlord saying, I'm interested in renting your property and then the landlord doing a kind of a nod and a wink saying, well, I'll reduce the rent or I'll give it to you rent free if, you know, you and me can hook up every Thursday night and again on a Saturday night. And, and does that happen? I don't know. It probably does. But to actually put it in print and to state publicly and openly, I am willing to rent this flat rent free, but in return you must have sex with me. I'm just wondering is is that illegal? Are there is there is it breaching, is it breaking any laws? I, I really am interested in people's views on, on that. But your thoughts on that, it's making the front page of the Echo newspaper today. We're also going to hear about a wonderful old tradition and trying to revive an old tradition. And it's coming back to life in some parts of the country to combat loneliness and especially loneliness amongst older people. And um, actually, when I was doing the research on this yesterday, because it featured, if you watch that programme, Ear to the Ground, Ear to the Ground only came back last night for its new season. And actually this this particular initiative featured on that programme last night, I think it's called Making Your Cayley or Going to Your Cayley. I had never heard of it before and it's out of County Monaghan that the, the story is originating and this old trying to revive this old tradition is coming out of County Monaghan so I would be interested to hear from people maybe in rural areas of the county maybe across the border in Kerry maybe rural parts of Limerick has anybody ever heard of that making your Cayley or doing your Cayley Anybody has that? Does that ring a bell with with anyone? And it's to combat loneliness. And it was something that happened generations before. Maybe your parents, your grandparents used to get involved in this. But the whole idea of it is is to keep in contact with your neighbours and people, you know, living close to you, friends and and family members, with the whole aim of it of reducing loneliness. And what's interesting is, as saying, I was doing the research on it yesterday, and I was looking up about loneliness, and, and you know, loneliness can affect you both physically and mentally. I mean, you wouldn't think that loneliness would have any effect on your health, but it does. And there's scientific studies there uh, to prove it. And then, lo and behold, I see today that there's a letter in the Lancet Medical Journal, which has been signed by academics, researchers and public health officials from here in Ireland, from the United States of America, from the United Kingdom, from New Zealand and the Netherlands. And they are all signing this open letter criticising the lack of meaningful studies into loneliness. And they say loneliness is significantly higher among the sick, the poor and the unmarried. And uh, the experts have all joined forces to try to talk about and highlight the impact of isolation on people's health. So that's come out from the Lancet and just it's a coincidence that we're talking about it today on the programme. So we'll find out more about this initiative to to revive this old tradition and to see can we get it revived in other parts of the country, particularly here in Cork. Well, let's speak about the dangers of foraging for wild mushrooms. Now, if you are, are somebody who's always foraged or you're new to it, I think it's, this is really for people who are new to it because I imagine people who've been foraging for many, many years, you will be aware of what you can and can't pick when it comes to mushrooms. Again, I only discovered yesterday, I think there's about a hundred different species of wild mushrooms in this country. Who knew that there were that many? And if you were to 
go out and forage for wild mushrooms, would you know what you can eat and can't eat? And if you eat the wrong type of mushroom, i.e. a poisonous mushroom, I mean, how soon would you start to feel unwell? And how unwell can you become? Would you believe last year there was two cases of poisoning from wild mushrooms where two people ended up very, very unwell, including one gentleman who ended up having to have an emergency liver transplant. Now, if a liver had not become available to this man, we would be talking about a death because of foraging for wild mushrooms. So we will be talking more about that and giving advice. If you are somebody who likes to forage, you certainly need to educate yourself on when it comes to wild mushrooms. And then a new startup company that we have found out about who are hoping to recycle cigarette butts by turning them into plastic. Now, the Irish, the eyeball, the Irish League Irish Business uh, Against uh, Litter. They every year do their, well, a couple of times a year, they do their surveys where they go out. I think there's 27 towns and cities are surveyed when it comes to litter. And this has been a wonderful initiative that's been going on now for a good number of years. And it was introduced by our own Dr. Tom Kavanagh from Formoy. He was the brainchild behind the Eyeball Litter League surveys. And they've been, they've proven to be hugely successful and that they've really cleaned up towns because when towns and cities were shown to be litter black spots on this survey, then it really spurred on the local community to say, we need to do something about this. Nobody wants to live in a dirty old town or nobody wants to have that type of being the dirtiest town in Ireland. So it really has helped to tidy up areas and it has been very successful. But every single year that the Eyeball Litter League survey comes out, what always gets mentioned, cigarette butts. It's just like it's one of the scourges. If you go out and walk to any town or village or even out in the countryside and look down on the ground, if you're looking for litter, you will inevitably discover cigarette butts. So what can we do about cigarette butts? Well, this new startup company have discovered that you can collect, <coughs> excuse me, you can collect the cigarette box, butts and you can turn them into plastic and then you can turn the plastic into items, which is fantastic. So we said, now we'd invite on uh, some of the guys behind this startup company just to find out a little bit more about them. And it is Friday, so that means Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, uh, will join us after 12 uh, today. We need to take a look at what's on in the movies. Thank you, uh, Liam. Uh, when I mentioned that we're going to be talking about the reviving of this old tradition, and it's, it's in County Monaghan at the moment, and it's it's where you go around and you visit older people, or you visit neighbours and friends, and obviously they're doing it to, to combat rural isolation, but it's an old tradition that was called making your Cayley or doing your Cayley. And I was wondering, had anybody heard it is is it is it a tradition that the the actual phrase of it making you Kaylee or doing your Kaylee was that it certainly wasn't something that it was a tradition that that phrase was used here in Cork and Liam says Patricia we performed a play recently uh, called From Under the Bed which was written by Seamus O'Rourke set in County Limerick where Seamus comes from there was a line in the play where Eugene one of the characters was saying that the neighbours had stopped calling didn't even come a Kaylee and we'd never heard of that term down here in Cork, says Liam. So we got permission to change it. They didn't even come to visit. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so it, it obviously is not something making your Kaylee or doing your Kaylee wasn't. We didn't use that phrase here in Cork. So obviously it was from another part of the country. But thank you. Um, it's uh, Liam Howard, I'm assuming. Um it, so it was in County Leitrim, certainly it was used and it's County Monaghan is where we're hearing where they're trying to revive the tradition. But even 
if we call it something else, it doesn't matter. It's just to try to get people out and about and reconnecting with their local community. And Mossy in West Cork says, Hi Patricia, do me a favour today please. If anybody contacts the programme saying they want this government out, then please don't read it out. I'm sick to death of hearing that phase from people saying that they want rid of this government because, and Mossy says, the reason why is he feels that the current batch of politicians have not the quality nor the intelligence to get things done. If they had, they would have made intelligent simple decisions long, long ago. Thanking you. Says Mossy in West Cork who sounds like he is very, very disillusioned with the current crop of politicians. Thank you to Joan in Cantor who was on to say she got a scam call from an 051 number. Joan said the gentleman had a foreign accent. He claimed to be from the tax office. He was offering her a tax rebate and wanted her bank card details. She hung up on him and doesn't that sound almost word for word like a Sergeant John Kelly who joined us yesterday on the Garda file warning people he'd heard of somebody who nearly got scammed out of money from somebody claiming to be from revenue. So be careful. That does seem to be the newest one doing the rounds at the moment where it's somebody trying to tell you you either do a rebate or they also sometimes ring up and say that you owe the taxman money and that can frighten people as well. So just be careful of that. The taxman is never going to ring you like that. And even if they did, you would, you would, you would never engage and they would never ask you for your bank details like that. So you did the right thing, Joan, in hanging up. But Joan said it looked like it was coming from an 051 number. John Paul taking your calls, 1850-333-103 with a reminder that later on, on the programme we will be playing a well-known Kerry voice. You'll have to identify it by doing it. You will win a two-night bed and breakfast stay, or even the chance of winning a two-night bed and breakfast stay, in a family suite, two adults, two children with complimentary leisure facilities at the Park Avon Hotel on the Muckrus Road in Killarney. That's formerly the Holiday Inn. And you can check out this wonderful hotel on their website, parkavonhotel.com. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go, Shortcastle Street, Mallow, Smokeless Coal, Turf, Gas and Kiln Dried Wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Egg Foilamach Quid Denanihe is Farlin. Shae Troer C103 Air Kirkig. Ha Aglishne Padrags Paul Air Hraj Foil El Lorna Kaharach. Ha Kaler Naglish at Hogus Sivien Ocht Giat Sashaskashe. Marialer Gach at Ha Irn Devishtig. Und Dara Gatach Agasun Rune Rate Untach. Binja Golni Mask Namulti Dos Narodias Farledian of a Gurkig or TripAdvisor. Agas Isminik Gunenter Kershiser. Mar Oat Huenach. Und Hiadurelegmetulorna Kaharach. Terhofada Lesopel Nev Padder Agas Paul. Nukta Quid Denaneha is Fari Gurkig. C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now a front page story in today's Echo written by Anne Murphy revealing how a flat in Cork City has been offered rent free in return for sex twice a week with the landlord. Anne Murphy uh, joins me. Good morning to you Anne. Good morning Patricia. Uh, I mean this is truly bizarre. Where was this ad placed and what exactly did it say? Uh, the ad was on um, a free classified website online um, and basically it's a um, thing for a female tenant who's into sharing their body twice a week for payment. Well, when I contacted the advertiser, um, a lot more explicit material was sent to me um, as a request um, for what was to be offered um, in return for the flat in Cork City. So you let on that you wanted to rent the... Yes. flat? Yes. 
Um, and the advertiser asked me twice for photographs, but I didn't. Uh, I, I ignored those requests, um, and he he actually um, said that the flat was taken by somebody else. So he wanted to know, he was going to be quite picky then about who he was. Yes. And I was also told that this photo would be shown to his wife, who was also obviously involved in w- the w- whistling down process. Would be shown to his wife? To his wife. But it was only sex with him, was it? Yes, but I, I think that the possibility of a threesome was also on offer um, because the reference was made in sorry, the, the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the phone line here is, is particularly bad. Can you just, just move? I don't know whether it's uh, where you are at the moment, Anne, is, is the problem. And I just, if you just move slightly. Yes, the, can you hear That's me much now? better. That's much Perfect. better. So, you, it's, so you, there, a threesome was, on, uh, was going to be on offer as well? As well, but this was not published on the advert. This was in correspondence to me by email. And are this couple living in Cork? Yes. In the flat? Not in the flat, in a nearby house. And you would have access to the kitchen in that house, but you would be living independently with your own bedroom. Um, uh, but you, the kitchen was shared with this, with this family, with this couple. All right, so, and the one front door, I imagine, is it? Is it, is it no, like, I, no, I think it's, it's actually a separate front door. Like it's like, like a granny flat or something? Well, it's just a flat. So I'm, I'm not entirely certain of the layout of the property as it was taken and so I wasn't in a position to go and view it. Did you get an address? No, just a, a broader area because um, as the correspondence went on, the property was taken. So um, I was told that it was in the lock area in the south side of the city. And how long did you keep up this communication with you and the landlord? Over a number of hours yesterday morning. Um, the property was up for rent um, from Wednesday um, and it came to my attention on Wednesday evening and I sent my first um, interest in the property on Wednesday evening posing as a, um, a prospective tenant and he replied yesterday morning and replied um, several times over a number of hours yesterday morning. And did I know he looked for a photograph. Did he ask for your age? No, he didn't. But he told me his age Um but he, he didn't ask me for my age. But I think that was probably going to be whittled down when I'd seen the photograph. And what age um, was he? He was in his 40s. Was he going to offer photographs of himself? Well, I didn't ask for them, but I would imagine that was going to be... I, I would think that the, the next step was um, to me submit a photograph and that would probably be analysed. And then the next step would probably be me having to meet them. Uh, because he... he then went to offer me his private email address to continue the negotiations on um, on his own uh, private email. But I opted against doing that. So you didn't get the private email? Well, he sent me the private email. Oh, you have it. I, okay. I have the private email, but yeah. I, I did not respond to his email address. And when he looked for a photograph, Anne, was it a head and shoulders or was it a full... He didn't specify. He just asked me twice. Um, to send me a photo of myself. God, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's extremely bizarre, but unfortunately it's not the first um, because it was raised in the fall in September by um, 
people before Provident Solidarity TD Ruth Coppinger um, where such a scenario had occurred in Dublin um, but in that case the tenant was already a tenant of the landlord and the landlord then offered um, you know an arrangement in return for um, you know free accommodation but in that case as I say that wasn't initially the proposal when that person moved into the property she had moved in as a genuine tenant whereas in this case you know immediately going into the property that sex is expected It really shows the vulnerability doesn't it of people trying to rent a property Particularly in in the housing prices and and rents are so high it just goes to show what people in the rented sector are up against So how did your correspondence end yesterday then with this guy? He, He told me that um, even though the property was gone, that um, he would show the photograph of me to his wife if I sent it and that um, they could see what they could do. And that was at the point where he told me that he would give me his private email, which he did. And at that point, I returned saying that I would stick to using communication through the website. Um, and then uh, the conversation was over at that point. Yeah, because communicating through the website, you didn't have to give an email address no. or a telephone number or anything. No. You, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Did you feel uncomfortable doing it, Anne? I did, but um, I suppose when I saw the ad, it just kind of hammered home to me that this is something that I had to pursue because it is, unfortunately, something that is happening. Um, right across the country, really, um, unknown to people because it's not mainstream. It's not on, you know, one of the mainstream property websites. So it really is something that's happening kind of under the radar. Um, and I just felt strongly that it was something that needed to be aired. Absolutely, absolutely. But I could just imagine your skin almost crawling. It just well, all it feels so sleazy. Absolutely, yes. Some of some of the correspondence um, would make your skin crawl, to be honest. But I just felt that it, it needed to be addressed. Did he get explicit at times as to what he did? He, yes. As to what he would want you to do, yes. is it? Oh yes. my God. Yes, he did. Is he, is he originally from Cork? Um, I didn't ask him that, but his English was fluent. Um, so I would imagine he was, you know, he was Irish, I would think. Is it illegal what he's what he was what he's asking you to do? Well, that's something that I'm trying to explore at the moment. Um, one of the areas that it does fall under possibly is under the uh, Sexual Offences Act. So at the moment, I'm trying to um, get legal advice on that. But um, basically, I think under Part Four of the Sexual Offences Act, that there may be an option there um, for illegal uh, illegality around this area. Yeah, you just because you'd worry about the young young girls desperate yeah, for for accommodation. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. It's a, ter- it's a terrific piece, and it's on the, it's making the front page of of the of the Echo. Uh, and thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye bye, Anne Murphy, uh, excellent journalist working with the Echo on that front page story. Ad looks for a female tenant into sharing their body. Such a it's such a sleazy, sleazy story. I and mean, you could even, as Anne was talking about, you could imagine answering those emails. You just your skin would be crawling, wouldn't you? And and who are you know who are these these couples? Because the wife is involved as well. I mean, I initially when I read about this story, I thought this was. I was thinking, 
is this some kind of a dirty old man who just can't get sex anywhere else and he's going to use his property as a way of getting sex. But to think that this is a man in his 40s we assume the wife is of the same age. I mean, obviously swingers each to their own and all of that. But I mean, don't be cajoling some young girl who ends up in a very vulnerable position because she needs a property to rent either because she's going to college or she's working in the area and she just can't afford or can't access uh, a property. You just you would you would worry. I I certainly would think there's got to be something illegal in it. It'll be we'll we'll follow no doubt and we'll have follow ups on this in the Echo so we'll keep a close eye on it. Eighteen fifty three 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 one oh three John Paul taking your calls. Text to WhatsApp oh eight six two one oh three one oh three. Court today on C one oh three with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood and and gas lowcostfuel.ie for the best weekend sports coverage in Cork it's got to be C103 I'll bring you updates on cross channel soccer racing and anything else that happens in the world of sports Rory Burke kicks off your weekend with a comprehensive Saturday sports preview from 11am Mark Malone keeps the ball rolling with Cork Sports Saturday from 2 then Cork Sports Sunday completes your weekend between 2 and 7pm Every puck, every kick, every score, every weekend. Let me tell you what's happening sporting-wise this weekend here on C103. For sport in Cork, it's got to be C103. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 Now a dairy and poultry farmer from County Monaghan is on a mission to battle loneliness in rural Ireland. Bernie Sherry featured on Ear to the Ground last night and she joins me to discuss her plan in more detail. Good morning to you Bernie. Good morning Patricia. And you are welcome to the programme. Now it's an old tradition called going on your Kaylee or making your Kaylee. Just explain it to us, please. Yeah, that's right. Really what we mean by make your Kaylee or go in your Kaylee is to go and visit someone. But where we grew up here in North Monaghan, I come from Scotchtown in County Monaghan. When my mum and dad would say to me, we're going on our Kaylee, I knew we were going into the car to go and visit someone. So we're just trying to, I'm health and wellbeing officer with the Scotchtown GEA Club. And I was looking to come up with an initiative that would involve the whole community. We have two kids ourselves here, 15 and 12. Their heads is bent down looking into screens and phones. And I just wanted to say that's something that even myself and my husband had stopped doing. You come in in the evening, you're tired. And I was just looking for the community to reconnect, face-to-face conversations, get off the Facebook, the liking, the messaging, the texting, call in for five minutes. I'm sure, Patricia, you can name four people on the top of your head now that you wish you had went to see in the last two months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether it be a work colleague yeah, and, and you're right. a baby. Yeah, you're right. You come home from work and you've great intentions and you say, yeah. oh God, couldn't be, I couldn't be bothered. And and, yeah. and, and, and and I also think you've hit the nail on the head with the social media and everybody on their smartphones and their tablets, etc. And, and we think we're connecting with people because we gave them a wave on, on Facebook. But it's that personal face-to-face contact that we're lacking in. Yes, the- just to call in and the cup of tea. And I'm not just talking about, we have a Kaelian committee here within the community we formed to make sure that we identified people that were living on their own, that they made, they got the Kaelian, 
people's circumstances. This is our third year, and I think it's this year that we've all begun to realise how important it is because people's circumstances change. First year, we had people making their Kaylee. This year, they're receiving one. They've been diagnosed. They've had a bereavement. Maybe a happy story that you're going in and saying, congratulations, you did this or you did that. It's not all doom or gloom either. But it's just to get people out, to get reconnect. And you don't have to be living on your own to be lonely. That's true. That is true. Change up the conversation. It could be a mother with a new baby and people saying, I don't want to annoy her. And she could be just longing for somebody to come in an adult conversation, cup of tea. We're not saying sit the whole night. We're not saying go at night. You know, there's always the question of security and that. If you think the person's older, pop in during the day. Five minutes. Are you okay? You're going out for a walk. You could be going by somebody's house that you've quit calling into. Pop your head in. Are you okay? I'll make you a cup of tea and we'll sit and have a chat. And when do you believe the tradition, the older tradition of, of making your Kaylee, when do you believe it died out? <clears throat> I, don't, I think there's just a, this generation of, and believe you me, technology is brilliant because when I'm promoting this, I can do it over phones and Facebook and different things. But I just think we've lost that sense of just connecting with people. We're worried what way our houses look. You know, do we want somebody calling in? There's this wee bit of a fear of the person that's receiving. You know, do we want anybody calling when the knock comes to the door? We've got tired coming in in the evening. We're so busy, caught up with stuff. We've just lost that. And Ireland was, not everybody, some people still go on their daily, but we don't want the young people to forget about it. We do it through the three schools of the parish. They do it as a project. We normally launch it when the clocks change. That's a time in October when people think long evening, yeah. November. But we've also, over the three years, discovered January and February, March, bad weather, you know, a wee bit of a hangover over Christmas. People are lonely, not as much money. People, you know, they deserve a Kaylee. People like to see somebody. It's free. It costs absolutely nothing. And do you find, uh, Barney, that some people are slow to say they're lonely, so therefore it is up to others yeah. to simply knock on the door? It's a stigma. People, who wants to come up and say, I'm lonely? Yeah. You know, as I say, the person on their own, living on their own, may not be lonely. They may be able to go out every day and go to different social things, and they're happy. You know, you have the person maybe sitting, our chair, just looking after somebody, they could be lonely. They don't mind what they're doing, but a, a, a visit to the person that's sick, but equally it's as important to the person that maybe is caring for them. Different conversation, wee bit of news, just to know I'm there for you. And you'll find as you're talking to somebody, they'll open up to you more and they may start saying, do you know, I was lonely. And loneliness affects both your physical and mental health. Yes, and that, they had a professor talking last night and they were saying one in three is affected by it. Yeah. And it, yes, it affects your whole, as, just as you said there, Patricia, you hit the nail on the head. And, and actually only today I was reading about in the Lancelot Medical Journal, they've got academics and researchers from around the world, from Ireland, from America, from the UK, New Zealand and the Netherlands. And they've all signed this open letter where they, where they are criticising the lack of meaningful studies into loneliness. And they're, you know, they're, they're saying that it's significantly higher amongst the sick, the poor and, and the unmarried. But they're talking about the health impacts and the isolation, uh, the the impact on people's health 
of isolation. So it you know, ties in exactly with what with what you're doing. So, and Bernie, you want to try and get the message out to other areas because, by the way, it it seems to be in your neck of the woods where there's the making of the Cayley because I put it out here to see if anybody heard about it in Cork and we had one of our local amateur dramatic um, directors come on to say that they did a play recently by a Seamus O'Rourke which was set in County Leitrim and there was a line in the play where one of the characters, Eugene, was saying that the neighbours had stopped calling and the line in the play was they d- didn't even come a Cayley and they had to yes. get on to the writer who got they got permission to change it to they didn't even come to visit. So people yes. here in Cork didn't didn't understand what it was. So it does seem to be the actual the making of the Cayley does seem to be from your neck of the woods. But you it want is, other communities to just try and get involved in schemes like this. Yes, look at it was a very simple idea that I come up with but it won't work if you don't. Like I had the full backing of the Scotch Town Football Club I had the full backing of the whole community. You know, if people don't get involved, it won't work. It'll just sit as an idea. But we're working it. And that'll only work if people come behind you. So I want to thank the schools of the parish. You know, they go out and visit on their October holidays. They do it again. And they come back and report to their teachers. It's like a homework. They love it with their parents. And if they only do one, two visits a year, hopefully that is instilled in them that we'll keep continuing to do that. If it's only granny, aunt, we, we're losing touch with our cousins. We were all brought up with our cousins and neighbours. Now, especially like my parents died, both of them in 2013, and suddenly the home changed. You were meeting all the time. Now you have to nearly organised to meet your own brothers and sisters. I may, I nearly make an appointment to do it. Yes. Uh, somebody says in the 40s and 50s, house dances were very popular in North Cork and in Kerry. They included the cup of tea and the currant cake. The musicians were all local neighbours who just played for the joy of the music and for the company. Also, a lot of couples met and many great marriages were formed out of those house dances. They were better than any dating apps. And that's exactly Correct. the kind of traditions <laughs> you're talking about that sadly are gone. Yes, okay. we're just trying, as I say, reconnect, go and visit. Don't put my motto, our motto up here, don't put it off any longer. If there's somebody on your mind, go and visit them. It could be somebody very close to you. It doesn't have to be a person living on their own. You won't regret it. Rather than hearing, uh-oh, did you hear who passed away? I know. Oh, and and, I and then all the regrets. Then and all the regrets. The regrets. Come in. And it only takes, cost nothing, it's the most simplest idea. As I say, the GA are well-placed to run it through the whole counties uh, because, you know, there's members and everything. But any community, any group can t- can bring this up. Like, you're in Cork there. I'm sure there's people living in Cork City. They're surrounded by people and they're lonely. Yeah. It's not like we're talking about rural isolation up here, but it's no different than the loneliness living in a city or a town. Absolutely, absolutely. Somebody says in southwest Cork, which would be a very rural area, the Screeocks, which was the coming together of neighbours and friends, seems to match what uh, they're doing in Monaghan with the making of the Cayley. OK, listen, Bernie, continue. Good luck. It's fantastic. Uh, well yes. done to you on it. And thank you for joining us on the programme. Yes, and I really appreciate getting time on, on, on your show, Patricia. Well, it's Good our luck pleasure. All your listeners. It's our pleasure. Thank you Take for that. Care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bernie Sherry there uh, joining us from County Monaghan. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your calls and texts coming into the programme on the loneliness and the making of the Kayleys that Bernie Sherry from County Monaghan spoke to us about. Tim says there's a reference in a, to a home Kaylee in Tarry Flynn. That's uh, Patrick Cavanagh's semi-autograph 
biographical novel which was set in Cavan in 1935 even though Patrick Cavanagh was from Monaghan the book was published in the 40s this, uh, Tim um, and he said John Paul Hailing your own John Paul Hailing from West Cork would surely have heard of the Screech and we all remember the Screech here on C103 and the wonderful uh, late great Bob Jennings who originally came from uh, West Cork and his Screech programme and of course people are mentioning Jimmy Reedy's Round the Fireside that's kind of a similar thing it's kind of a radio version of it uh, really and Tim says anybody whoever remembers Peg remember Peg Sayers book we all did it for the Leaving Search they will remember that they had, there was something in her book which was similar as well Tim reckons television killed kitchen conversation and now the people who would have got the televisions in the 1960s are in their 50 plus years and that was the beginning of the end of people going to visit and sitting down and having the chat and Colette um, because obviously the whole thing that what Bernie is trying to do of getting people to go out and making their Kaylee and visiting people it's it's to try to combat loneliness Uh, Colette from Kilworth says there are two ways to look through a window the lonely person looking out at kids in the street and looking at the comings and goings and what's happening outside and then people outside thinking lovely house in there and things are all good but look at that nosy so-and-so looking out the window isn't that very clever that's really good so before you jump in to assume that somebody's in the peeking out behind the curtains to see what's going on could that be a lonely person looking out to see what's going on and to see if there's any evidence of life or anyone who might just pop in to say hi I might just pop in and make the Kaylee as Bernie Sanders Bernie Sherry sorry would say to us from County Monaghan and Dan in Limerick says he had heard of that phrase before because he says when he was in Leitrim about 30 years ago it was his first time hearing it people used to talk about making the Kaylee or going for the Kaylee and it just basically meant that people were going to call into somebody else's house for a chat he says he doesn't know if it's still going on in Leitrim or, or not well certainly Bernie was saying to us in County Monaghan that it it was a tradition that unfortunately had died out and as Tim says was it because televisions came into people's homes and people then suddenly had company in the evening or they felt they had company because the television was there and that prompted them to stop calling to visit somebody else and uh, he reckons that was the beginning of the end of it so that's what Bernie is trying to do she's trying to uh, revive it OK some other of your calls and comments coming in I want to highlight a couple of things and we've shared this on our Facebook page so I haven't seen because this got shared while I was on air so I haven't seen the photographs yet I will look at it as soon as I'm off air though and we're, we're sharing it in the hope that others will take a look at it and see if we can find out who is responsible for this dumping and the message said that anybody did anybody see a vehicle stop on the main Mallow Killarney Road just east of the Mill Street Junction near the Sandpit House pub early yesterday morning so this was early Thursday morning even better if you've got dash cam footage somebody is responsible for dumping household rubbish along the road and over the ditch so near the Sandpit House pub and east of the Mill Street Junction now the the person who's took the Facebook pictures and put it up on Facebook who we're sharing said that people passed there at around 2am in the morning and there was nothing untoward the road was spotlessly clean there was no evidence of any litter dumped and the first time it was spotted then was at 9am so it happened sometime between 2am and 9am there's a huge volume of traffic going east at that time of the morning so we're sharing it to see if anyone may have seen something on the way to work, may have spotted a vehicle because the vehicle, because of the amount of rubbish that was dumped, the vehicle obviously had to park up 
to throw out the rubbish and throw it in over the ditch and throw it on the side of the road and they would have parked on the left hand side of the road heading towards Mallow. So anybody who regularly travels that road and was travelling that road yesterday morning if you have dash cam footage it would be great but if you go to our Facebook page you can take a look at what was dumped there yesterday absolutely shameful and I'm assuming somebody's already got onto the council and it's the council will have to go out and clean it up and that means you or I pay for it because it's the taxpayers money will fund the council will have to do the clean up it really is absolutely shocking and remember I mentioned Joan and for people to be careful she received a phone call claiming to be revenue and they were trying to give her back a tax rebate and wouldn't be that be happy days in January when everybody's feeling that they might have overspent at Christmas and the thought that revenue had taken a bit of extra money out of you and you were entitled to a rebate, you could easily get sucked in. But of course, Joan realised straight away it was the scam when they were looking for her bank details who came from an 05 num- no 051 number. That then prompted Ricky to contact us about his son who genuinely was entitled to a rebate from revenue. He was entitled to, he was trying to reclaim tax. So he needed to get on to revenue to explain what was going on and, you know, when would I be getting my money back and how do I get my money back, etc. So Ricky's son googled the revenue commissioner's number and he, it came up with a, a 1590 number. Now, Ricky said, I knew, he knew straight away that that 1590 number was a premium number and he did think it was a bit unusual that revenue here in Ireland would be using a premium number in order for people to contact them. But anyway, the son went about his business, rang the number, spoke to somebody in in revenue and they sorted everything out and he was entitled to a rebate and he did get a rebate. But lo and behold, the phone bill came in and for the amount of time that he was on to the revenue... The phone, he was charged €84 Euro for that particular call. I think it was actually on, on Ricky's phone. So Ricky contacted us this morning to say, isn't that very strange that Revenue would be using premium numbers? His son had to contact them in order to get his rebate and now Ricky's out to the tune of €84 Euro on his phone bill. So we checked it out and Revenue are actually warning people not to ring a 1590 number when they need to contact revenue. What is happening is if you Google the phone number, which a lot of us do, a lot of us now, that's how we get phone numbers. You quickly do a Google search and you'll find the phone number. This ad comes up and it's usually one of the first ads that will come up to say the revenue number is 1590. But if you look very closely at it, you will see ad is written up in the corner of uh, of it. Now the 1590 number will get you through to revenue. That's all. It's all above board and all of that. But it is one of the highest charging premium numbers. It's a UK company who run the company. So when you ring, they transfer you to revenue. So it's not a scam in that regards, except it's going to cost you a lot of money because you are now ringing revenue via a 1590 number that's been redirected from the United Kingdom. Isn't that? That's not a scam, by the way, even though I would love to call that out as a scam because that is duping people out of money because people Google the number, think that's above board because if you want to ring revenue, revenue in in Cork have an 021 number. So it would be the price of a local call for most people and most people have bundles so it would be a free call probably it is what it would be. But instead people Google the number first number comes up it's a 1590 number they think it's all it is above board but it's just this UK company are, are making money by you ringing by using their 1590 number. So you just got everywhere we turn today there's somebody trying to rip us rip 
rip off money from us, isn't there? And as I say, it's not a scam. So you can't, we can't say to Ricky, go and report it because if you go on revenue, they are saying to people, you know, do not, do not call us by a 1590 number. And I know I got caught a couple of years ago. I needed to get a birth cert very quickly. Someone in the household had uh, mis- lost their passport and we needed to get a new passport day. ASAP and needed the long form of the birth cert. And I went on, just did a quick Google search to find out how I could get, you know, the quickest way to get a passport or to get a, uh, not a passport, to actually get the birth cert in order to get the passport. And I got stung by this offer that came up. I ended up paying, I think, three times the amount of what I should have paid for a standard birth cert. And it didn't come any quicker than if I'd gone the traditional route. But in a panic, it was the first thing that popped up and it turned out that it was an ad as well, but I didn't notice that it was an ad. And again, it wasn't a scam, but I felt that I was scammed. I felt that I was duped out of money. And that's exactly the way that uh, Ricky is feeling today. So be careful of that, folks. If you need to ring revenue, get the landline number for them. Do not ring a premium line number whereby it is going to cost you a lot of money. And Fimber and Balancolic is talking about the Defence Forces and the fact that they're running ads at the moment. You know, talking about what a brilliant career you can have in the army. Fimber's kind of scratching his head though on that. He said he's reading in the papers how hundreds of people are trying to get out of the army and we hear about bad paying conditions for the Army and for the Navy Navy, and yet the state are running these ads saying it's a brilliant career and why not join us and I suppose they have to run all the more of those ads Finbar because so many people are trying to get out of the Army and trying to get out of the Navy so in order to keep the numbers up I suppose they don't have any choice but to uh, advertise the, to say that it is a great career. Okay, also when we were talking about the sex story the ad looking for a female tenant into sharing their body and Anne Murphy talking to us about it. Just such a sleazy story. I felt so sorry for Anne yesterday. Great work that she did in, she was contacting this man. It turns out to be a couple though. It's a coupling in Cork who are looking for somebody and somebody has obviously taken up their offer because he ended up telling her that the, the, the apartment is gone. They've rented it out to somebody. So somebody obviously is desperate for accommodation or free accommodation. They've taken them up on their on their offer. Tim said, I heard a similar story. Um, was it last year or a year or more ago? It was one of the national radio stations. I assumed the offer was made in Dublin. Well, this particular offer was made here in Cork. I think it's the Lock area of Cork is where the actual apartment is. Hi, Patricia. Could you say massive best of luck to Bantir Mock? members they're taking part in the national semi-final of Capers the final of Capers this Sunday in the Riverstick Community Centre 8 o'clock uh, support will be greatly appreciated and certainly for those who are of Mochrana Firma age group that's a great organisation when it comes to combating loneliness and getting people out and about and getting people involved and socialising and making friends and many a marriage has come out from Macra. 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls text WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs With Hewitt College now enrolling for full time 5th and 6th year and repeat leaving cert programmes your success is built on their experience see hewittcollege.ie Signage department in Mallow Printing Works they're looking for a full time operative it's for finishing and fitting all signage and vehicle graphics 
Del Forno Tiles and Timber. They're hiring experienced showroom salespeople. It's for their Cork and for their Dublin stores. While Baker's assistant is wanted for a full-time position in Canturk. And an experienced labourer with a BE driving licence is required for immediate start in the Cork area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Never felt so good. C103, the River Lee and the Echo bring you the Cork City Sports Athletics Award. Every month, a panel of sporting experts will give recognition to an outstanding Cork athlete. This month's award goes to Stephanie Cotter from West Muskerry AC. Stephanie is recognised for securing a bronze medal in the under-23 race at the European Cross Country Championships in Lisbon. The Cork City Sports Athletics Award with the River Lee, the Echo and C103. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between, we've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click regional reports or download the C103 app and click podcasts. Regional reports only on C103. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. C103. Cork Today on C. 103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And by the way, seeing as we've been talking about loneliness and rural isolation and people have been stuck at home and nowhere to go and all of that, I have had an email in asking me to mention that there's a social dance going on in Dara Community Centre in Clonakilty tonight from half nine to half twelve and music is with Peter Burke all are welcome if you'd like to go along to a night of social dancing Dara Community Centre and I suppose that's the nearest thing that we would get to the house Kayleys that we were talking about that were once a tradition there are many many community centres and who run social dances and it's a great way for people to get out and about and actually talking of dances Mike Fitzgerald has been on from Star Trek to say that he's made contact with the air ambulance in Mill Street in Rathcool in Mill Street he wants to do a little bit of a fundraiser because we know the tricky position they are finding themselves in and they have arranged a benefit fundraising dance at Star Trek Music ven- Venue in Knocknagree. It'll be held on the afternoon of February the 23rd. It's about six weeks away or thereabouts from half two in the afternoon and we'll give more details of the actual event closer to the time. But Mike has contacted me this morning to say the tickets will be on sale from next week but he's wondering if there's anybody out there would like to sell tickets in their area for what is a very worthwhile cause. If so, you can get in touch with Mike on Facebook or at uh, Star Trek Knocknagree anytime. Or indeed if you get on to us here at C103 we can pass you on all of Mike's details because we know what a precarious position the air ambulance now finds itself in. We only spoke with the pilot, John, last week on the programme who was saying that they had about two weeks left of 
for finances. The two weeks left of funding and once that was gone, it was gone. And there would there was the possibility that the air ambulance would have to be grounded. Now I do read in today's paper that the Health Minister Simon Harris has told the HSC to save the air uh, ambulance. It's This is now is the first indication, according to Neil Michael in the examiner, that the state may bail the charity out since the ICRR warned last December that it will ground the service if it does not get a large injection of cash. Although the National Ambulance Service provides medical staff and coordinates the tasking of the ambulance, the charity needs to raise about two million a year and that's to fund the helicopters, to fund the pilots, the fuel and the airbase. And they're basing it on a model that operates in other countries. I mean, if you look just across the water in the United Kingdom, there's a number of air ambulances and they're all based the very same way in that the National Ambulance Service will pay for and provide all of the medical staff but everything else to fund the helicopter to pay for the fuel to pay for the pilots all the necessary work that goes with the maintenance of an ambulance and the storing of it etc and the airbase all of that is done through fundraising so when the community ambulance was set up they based it on the model from the United Kingdom and said well we can do something similar in Ireland so they know that they need to raise 2 million even though the last interview we did I'm sure it was told one and a half million but anyway it's rounded off to two needs to be raised and unfortunately nothing like that has come in to the uh, charity and basically what happens is now they are running out of funds now they did put in this they set up a fundraiser and a GoFundMe page was raised and they said that they needed urgently to raise €400,000 but literally only a fraction of that has been raised. I don't even think they managed to raise 10000 out of the 400000 that was raised. So there's only about a week left of that two-week time scale in which if they don't get the money in it, it's, the air ambulance will be grounded because they simply don't have the money. So they really are finding themselves in a very, very precarious position. So we now have the health minister because the health minister had been called on and everyone was saying the health minister needs to do something. He needs to get involved here. He needs to come up with the funding. So this is the first indication that Simon Harris wants the HSE to do something to bail out the charity because I suppose Simon Harris realises how important this air ambulance uh, is but I, I don't know going forward I mean you're going to have the HSE saying we don't have that kind of money are the HSE now going to have to factor in an extra 2 million every year to keep the air ambulance going or are they, will they do it as a short, you know, bail them out for this year and then sort of say, give them the time frame that they have another year in which they have to raise the money. Because when all the discussions were going on and we've been talking about an air ambulance on this programme for, I suppose, the bones of about 10 years. And when all the discussions were going on at the time, the assurances of the people behind the air ambulance was that it would be a charity model. It would be a charity model that was sustainable. And they were basing that on the fact that this charity model works in other countries and they're saying if it work in other countries there's no reason why it can't work here. So that was, I suppose, one of the reasons that the National Ambulance Service will say that's the only probably reason they agreed to go into the partnership because they were told the ambulance service would just have to fund the staff and the tasking of the ambulance but everything else would come from the charity model and now we've got this huge shortfall in that the charity model 
doesn't seem to be working. I know when I spoke with John, John Murray, was it John Murray was his name, the pilot? It was one of the points I did make to him, maybe because it's all so new and it's just going to take time to bed down and that as, as more families and individuals are helped and end up, you know, needing the air ambulance, you know, is used to rescue somebody or to take somebody, to get somebody to hospital on time. Uh, because normally what happens then is those families will go out and fundraise. Any of those kind of charities like that, it's only when it reaches your doorstep that you realise the importance of it and that over time people will start to either have a family member who needed the air ambulance or will know of somebody in their community where the air ambulance was used and that in time it'll bed down and people will realise the importance of the service and then more and more people will do fundraising for it. And, I, and I'm wondering, is that, is that the reason why people have been so slow to get behind the air ambulance and to generate the kind of money? There's been a lot of local fundraising has gone on. Gone on. I mean, it's something like that. What Mike Fitzgerald is suggesting is a terrific uh, idea. And, and I think, you know, if you talk to people about the air ambulance, people will say, yeah, we absolutely need one. But does it have to be based on a charity model? Or is this something that the HSC and the Department of Health led now, which would seem by the Minister of Health, is this something that should be fully funded out of the Department of Health and that we shouldn't be going cap in hand to the people of this country to say, come on, if you want an air ambulance in your area, then you're going to have to pay up and cough up and do fundraisers and donate money to it. So I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Is it only right and proper? This air ambulance has saved lives. It will save save lives. So should it be the absolute responsibility of the National Ambulance Service to fund the whole lot of it and that all of the money will come from the Department of Health? Your thoughts uh, welcomed on that. 1850 Now a listener has been on to say, Patricia, Hope you had a nice Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. I did have a lovely Christmas and many happy returns to you. Could I ask you please, could you put this out there? Does anybody know of any shop that sells buttons for jackets and coats? I've tried all over Cork and I can't find any place. Is there any place around Mallow or further afield? Or if somebody is listening, they might let me know where I can buy buttons. I'm listening to you in Cork City and I've tried all over the city. I can't find any place selling buttons or buttons for jackets and coats. OK, I'm trying to off the top of my head to think where, where was, where did I lie? A cra- you're, looking, you're looking for a craft shop. You're looking for a shop that sells uh, material. Do you remember back in the God, I'm I'm going stro- way back now when I was in school and we used to, we did domestic science and used to have to go into the to the fabric shop to buy so many yards of material for whatever you were making in domestic it was domestic science was was the was the subject at the time I was I was really bad at it I really wasn't great at the old sewing but that was a fabric shop that you went into haberdashery. Is what you're looking for. I, I don't know. Someone has just come in and said uh, Cassius. This is Cassius in Clonakilty. They do uh, buttons. But I'm trying to think when I'm walking around shops, those kind of shops, there's not, is there many of them left? Do people still make clothes? 
I suppose. I mean, I'm talking about a generation back in the 70s and and back before that where people would have would have literally made clothes. Clothes were made from scratch. I mean, you can imagine saying that to the young generation uh, today that we, you know, people used to make their clothes. They, you know, if they needed a blouse to wear on a Saturday night or they wanted a skirt to wear. Or I, I, well, I can clearly remember making in my domestic science class in first year was and we made waist, a waistcoat. <laughs> Do you know if there was a skirt or not to match? I just remember cutting out of the waistcoat and there was buttons. I had to sew buttons onto that uh, as well. But people made their outfits, which I don't know. Now, maybe maybe there are still people out there that are making their own clothes. And certainly there was a generation of mothers who made clothes for their children and would have, you know, knitting Knitting is still is, has become very popular, but I don't know the dressmaking side of it. Anyway, Cassius in Clonakilty, lots of people are saying sell uh, buttons. Someone else says, what about a place like Vibes and Scribes? Don't they do craft stuff? Because, yeah, I imagine anyone that does crafts surely would have buttons for sale. But this listener is specifically looking for buttons for coats and jackets. So it's kind of the larger uh, buttons. Somebody else is saying vibes and scribes. If the listener wants to come out from the city, you can go to Mitchellstown. Dorns, Dorns have them in Mitchellstown. There's one along Camden Quay in Cork, says somebody else. There's a shop on Camden's Quay that certainly does. And there's a button shop in Pope's Quay in Cork City. So there you go. I don't know where this listener, because I say the listener says in her text, and I'm assuming she, am I wrong to say she, it could be a he, that she has tried various places uh, in Cork City. Well, there's a few for Cork City. Button Shop, Pope's Key in Cork City and on Camden's Key and on Vibes and Scribes. So thank you. A lot of people seem to be aware of where you can still buy buttons. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. I'm back on Monday morning. Just under €3,000 to give away. Just think, that dream holiday destination. We could send you there with that money. Where would you go? Oh, Killarney. <laughs> <laughs> How you spend it, it's up to you, win it, Monday. I'm back with Cork's greatest hits. First thing in the morning to set you up for your day. Have a brilliant weekend. See you Monday. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now the Irish Business Against Litter survey this week once again found that cigarette butts were one of the most common items of litter on our streets. So I was delighted to hear that a startup company aims to eliminate the problem of cigarette butts by turning them into plastic objects. Joining me from a company called No Butts.ie. I'm joined by Mike Wilde and Liam uh, Lysett. Good morning to you, folks. Hi there, how are you? Uh, I'm Hi, very well and, and you're welcome. Now, you're a group of undergraduate students at UCD. Um, uh, no, it's it, so I'm in UCD, Michael, and Liam's in Trinity. Oh, Liam? Um, okay. This, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I've the, the lines no, across. No so, this is Mike. My, it's, it's, yeah. Okay, so you. It's, it's okay. Tell me what you hope to do with cigarette butts. Ex- explain it to me. Well, we we hope to eliminate the, the word but kind of by um, rendering them useful um, rather than just being 
Okay, I'm, I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you back out to John Paul because your line isn't great. Let me let me try Liam. Lysit's on the other side. Seems Liam's line is a better. Uh, Liam, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your your line is perfect. There's something wrong with um, Mike's uh, line there. So where did the idea, Liam, uh, for this come from? Well, the original idea was Mikey's. He just saw the huge amount of cigarette waste on Dublin streets and eventually figured there must be something useful that we can do out of this. We put so much money, it's such an expensive product. And we eventually realized that there's a material in cigarette butts, uh, a plastic that we could recycle and turn into new products. And it's in the filter part, is it? Yes, it's the filter. So there's a plastic called cellulose acetate in the filter. And we extract that and turn it into an industrial raw material that we can then use to make new items. And how is it extracted? Uh, well, that's a trade secret at the okay, moment. Okay, okay, absolutely fine. How do you collect the cigarette butts? On my stand. On which? That's 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 or Mike's. Okay, let me bring let me bring, yeah. let me bring Mike um back in. Mike, how do you collect the cigarette butts? So there's a there's a wide variety of sources. Um, some are kind of surprising in that you know we've we've a few hospitals who have told us that cigarette butt litter is a big problem on their grounds and that's you know that's one one source and then there's pubs and venues um, and then there's public receptacles so the the receptacles attached to bins in public areas already um so yeah there's there's quite a few sources which makes it which makes it um you know kind of a difficult enough task because the butts are so dispersed but what we've been doing is just trying to trying to engage with the most efficient sources, so the sources that give us the most um, butts per week or per or per month. Um, yeah, so I so assume you, you put a receptacle into... Yes, if, yeah. if it's required. Some places already have them. Yeah. Um, but the idea for us is that we try and keep the butts dry because it makes the process a little easier. So if they don't have a receptacle that does that, um, we, we offer them one. And then... In, yeah, and then in some cases, what we're going to do with the public areas is we are going to provide receptacles um, that can fasten to kind of um, telephone poles and railings uh, just in places where there's build-ups of cigarette litter consistently, as advised yeah. by the by you know by the um, by the waste the waste management people for that region. And do you believe most smokers like the idea that butts can be recycled? I do. It, it was a headline, you know, it was a stated mission of ours um, a little while ago. I said something like, our, our aim is to enable every smoker who wants to recycle their butt to be able to. And in this day and age, um, I'd say that's an ever-growing number, especially once, you see, the, the cigarette butt was kind of, um, people didn't understand how, you know, what detriment it kind of, um, what threat it posed to the environment. But now that they do, um, a lot of people kind of feel, feel guilty um, for throwing the butt down the drain or, you know, just just flicking it. So what we're trying to do is enable the people who want to recycle their cigarette butt to be able to do so by having sufficient receptacles. Well done, well done. And, and Liam, the cigarette butts, I mean, they have a huge impact, don't they, on, on our coastlines and, and waterways? Yes, they have an enormous impact. Um, they are the single most common item of litter in the ocean and a single cigarette butt can contaminate up to 50 litres of water. It's been found with toxic chemicals 
And once that makes its way into phytoplankton, it can work its way up the food chain and, you know, become a bigger problem for all sorts of marine life. So we'd really like to tackle that problem. Have you set a target, Mike, on the number of butts that you want to recycle? Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're getting to a million butts as quick as we can. Um, and then what we want to do is we want to be, able, we want to be recycling a tonne of cigarette waste a week uh, in a year's time. That's fantastic. It really is fantastic. And I saw you have a, little, you have a really good video clip up on your website, nobuts.ie. And you can, yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're turning it into hard plastic. And then the idea is to make products from the plastic, is it? Yes, exactly. To make, the, the, the idea is, so if you think about the cigarette butt or the filter, it's used for about seven minutes, you know, the average length of time it takes to have a cigarette. And the, the material is, you know, can last for up to, up to 10 years. So what we're doing is we're making products that sequester the litter or sequester the waste for a lot longer. You know, so they're not single-use items in any way. They're all, um, what we're doing is we're kind of trying to make um, durable consumer items rather than recycle it into filters again or or use it for something um, short-term because the whole idea is that we're able to reduce manufacturing by capturing this waste and extracting the plastic and replacing virgin plastic with the material. Well done, well done. Are either of you smokers? No, no, I I have dabbled (laughs) in smoking before and as I said to my mum, I might be the only person who got a silver lining from from, (laughs) from having smoking. Uh, You know, because the idea idea came from from just observing, um, consistently just observing, kind of build-ups of litter in college, build-ups of cigarette litter in college, um, despite the fact that college is supposed to be a smoke-free campus. Yeah. um, They're... I think there was there might have been a lazy cleaner who let uh, a huge amount of cigarette butts build up, much to my much to my delight, um, you know, because that's when I realised that there might be enough material for it to be worthwhile to recycle. Yeah. And then, as Liam said, we realised that the same plastic is uniform across all cigarette filters. Yeah, I think most people would be shocked to even know that there is plastic inside. That's in this very thing. true. That's the first thing. Um, yeah, that's the first thing we kind of have to explain. And it's just not the typical form of plastic, you know, it's kind of spongy, sort of like cotton, but it, yeah, it is a plastic and nine, nine out of ten pieces of that plastic that exists are used for cigarette filters. So, you know, it hasn't really been explored all it for, you know, the, what else, its potential as a material or what else it can do because the cigarette industry gets 90% of it from source. So we're pretty excited to you know, just just try and explore what new uses. Um, there's some existing uses, like you know, they make some jewelry um, from this plastic, and there's they used to make acetate tapes. And yeah, there's, a, I mean, any hard plastic shape, as we said, which is which is exciting because we can kind of just match what what customers are demanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody's pointing out the Cork University Hospital is a smoke-free uh, campus, and yet every time you go in there, there's loads of people gathered around the doors uh, smoking. Uh, could yeah, I think I think you see, I think they get a grant for being a smoke-free uh, campus. Well, that's the case at UCD anyway. They get a grant from the EU for being apparently smoke-free, but uh, it's totally futile. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the, it's that's not enforced. Sorry, it's not enforced, but no. there's one poor man who has to go around and uh, beg people not to smoke. But but I don't think anyone listens because they're all they're all adults, and you know they're kind of they feel as though it's their choice. Um, 
Well, this is Cork University Hospital where they come out on drips to have a cigarette. Would you believe? (laughs) It's it's an ongoing... It's an ongoing... We 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 wish we weren't collecting from hospitals, but I mean... It's kind of just about dealing with the reality of the, yeah, of the issue yeah. rather than idealistically thinking that there shouldn't be cigarette butts in, in colleges or in, in hospitals. Um, so, yeah, we're just, <laughs> the, the, I guess we're just dealing with the um, the very evident reality in that cigarette butt litter is, you know, it's ubiquitous. It's, you can see it everywhere and nothing's going to change unless um, I think I think recycling it and that the consumer knows it can be recycled so they make an effort well done. To, uh, well done. to find a receptacle We will follow your company with, uh, with, with close interest and thank you both for joining us on the programme uh, this morning uh, good you. morning to you. Bye bye. Mike Wilde and Liam Lysett and their company is called NoButs.ie. If you want to find out more, they have a, a really good uh, website. They're a startup company and we wish them both the very, very uh, best of luck. It is terrific and that is young people trying to do something about the environment because they know only too well it is their future that they're looking after as well. 1850 Can I say we had a huge reaction to my shout out from the listener in Cork City who was having difficulty finding buttons for coats and uh, jackets. Massive, massive reactions. A lot of people out there either still sewing and making things or repairing items and going to buy their buttons and uh, buttons for their coats and jackets. Catherine Millstreet says the drapery shop in Millstreet Tagney's all sorts of buttons and the biggest number of texts and calls we got was to tell us about Vibes and Scribes on Bridge Street in the city. Bones in Mallow also have buttons and Vanessa says there's a shop on the Quays in Cork that says all kinds of buttons. It's called the Cork Button Factory. They're opposite the Gate Cinema on Oliver they're opposite the gates, the gate cinema and Lamoda, Oliver Plunkett Street in Bandon also has buttons and on and on and on the list goes of people saying but Vibes and Scribes is the main one. I'm just looking down through all the WhatsApps that have come in and everybody's saying Vibes and Scribes. And there's a couple of other suggestions including one from somebody who has said tell that listener to go online they'll be able to get buttons but we're not sending anybody online if we can buy them locally we're certainly not sending anybody online and if a couple of other people have an interesting suggestion if there's a particular button that you're looking for a couple of buttons that you're looking for Caitlin and Riverstick is one of the ones and there's other suggestion the same thing uh, why not go into a second hand shop and buy a jacket with matching buttons that's another way uh, and I've heard of people who do that people who are very very good at dressmaking I've heard of them doing that going into second hand shops and buying items that you can remodel I would hate to think though that a jacket would just be purchased for the buttons and then the, the jacket or the coat gets dumped we're trying to get people to upcycle all the time because we're trying to do our bit as the boys with the cigarette butts trying to do their bit for the environment. We're trying to do the same by encouraging people to reuse clothing and to use second, go to charity shops and use second-hand clothes. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Here's a letter that I received earlier on in the week and my apologies to Donald that I'm only getting around to reading it today. I think it's kind of appropriate to do it today seeing as the interview I did with Bernie Sherry from County Monaghan who was talking about the making of the Cayley and going out and calling to people and just about social isolation and about the need for people to go out and just to 
knock on people's doors and interact with people and that then led to people saying that once upon a time there were social dances that were held in houses and things like screeaks and the Round the Fireside programme with Jimmy Reedy and you know people get together and used to get together more than we ever do today but one thing that I've certainly noticed in recent years is a lot more social dancing going on and certainly we would hear and be asked to advertise social dances that are happening and many people say it's a great way to meet people and a lot of the social dances are held in places where there isn't a bar you know it's only they might have the cup of tea at half time or whatever I know the the gang in Kildare they are um, they're fantastic for having social dances and this uh, Mary and uh, Matty O'Brien are they almost run the social dances there and they supply the teas and the coffees and there's a, you know, it's a great community spirit about it as well. So social dancing certainly is a way to interact with people. But Donal writes to the programme to say, Patricia, here's an unusual one for you. I was at a dance the other night in West Cork. There was mighty music and social dance going on there for a full four and a half hours. And would you believe I couldn't find one lady to have a dance with? As someone that loves to dance, it is fair painful to sit there for four and a half hours. It was all couples. Could you ask, please, on the airwaves, is there any dance in the West Cork region where there are women that love to dance and preferably dancing good basic steps going to social dances anymore? Have they taken to the bingo or the card playing? Or what has happened to them? By the way, I have been to Specsavers not too long ago. Michael Welton has social dance classes going on in the Pike and in Ballygartine. I'm just wondering, is it mainly all women or all women? Is it mainly all men or all women or is it all couples attending these dance classes? Lovely area, lovely friendly people. But I find it hard to sit there all night and not to dance the night away. Great programme, Patricia. God bless and Happy New Year. And that's kind regards, Donald. Please uh, read out my letter if you can. As I say, I've been sitting on that letter all week. I think I got it in on on Monday. So I'm glad to give it a mention. And let's put it out there to see. I mean, because I'm always telling people when people contact me, certainly I think anybody over the age of 40 who will say there isn't a scene where you can go out and meet somebody, don't want to be sitting in bars all night and nightclubs, not the place if you're a certain age to go and meet anyone. And I'm always advocating, well, what about social dancing? Would you consider taking up social dancing? And people say, sure, I can't dance. Well, you could go off and get a few lessons. And, you know, there's Michael Welton example. They give classes and there's lots of places that organise social dancing will have maybe some classes on beforehand. And then the idea is you'll go to the class and then you'll go off and you'll be able to practice the steps at the class. But I hadn't realised that that's a problem, that everybody, according to Donald, this is, he's saying West Cork, so I don't know if it's the same in other parts of the city and county, or is it something that particularly happens in West Cork, that the people that go to these social dances are going as a couple. And therefore, if you go as a couple, you only dance with your partner. Is that the way, is that the general way it happens? I would have thought you could just go over and ask somebody to dance and would they do something where you know men on the outside women on the inside and they do a little round and then whoever you stop with you dance with does that kind of thing happen anymore or not but anyway poor old Donald mad to dance sounds like a good little dancer and he's just he just wants to dance the night away you know wants to get out there and dance with somebody but can't find any women to dance with because 
doesn't seem to be any single women going along, certainly to the dances in West Cork. So can we give a little bit of advice, please, for Dola? John Paul has taken the calls at 1850-333-103. And you can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Thank you to Colm in Butterfield for alerting us to another scam. This is a new one on me and this is one I hadn't come across before. It was a friend of Colm's received an email. The email claims to come from Unpost and it'll probably look quite realistic as if it does come from on post because these scam artists are getting so good at copying legit email accounts and making it really look like it's coming from a particular website. Anyway, this one coming from on post says was saying to Colm's friend they were looking for his details as they were putting together a database of people entitled to a free TV licence and we know we give out TV licence here to old age pensioners so you could see how people would start getting duped if you were coming up to old age pension age you might think oh that's I need to get on that uh, database now his friend straight away realised that it was a scam so he didn't click on any of the links and on post have now Warn because obviously there's so many of these emails going out. They're warning people about fake emails asking people to renew their TV license. So be careful if you get any kind of an email. Because if you think about it, on post, never send out emails to do with your TV license. You still, we all get it in the post, don't we? Isn't that the way? You'll get notification. I know I pay my TV licence in September. And I think around the beginning of September, I'll get a letter, maybe the end of October, the end of August, I'll get a letter saying my TV licence is due for renewal. And then something that I make sure I do, I go to the local post office to do the transaction there. I know you can do it online. I know you can do it over the phone. But we're always trying to get people to shop local and use the local post offices. So something I religiously do every year. But that's how I'm reminded and told that my TV licence is due for renewal. So just be careful. There are a number of these scam artists out there and that certainly is a new one and with the TV licence looking for a database to see who's entitled to free, to free TV. Like they don't need to have a, a, a database. They know when people are coming of age. They know when people are applying and when people are entitled to their old age pension. So they don't need to have a database. And then there's another one on renewing your TV licence. They are fake emails according to Column in Butterfield and on Poster saying the same thing. So please, can you avoid those completely? 1850 333 103. Uh, coming in on... Oh, there's an, there is a t- really good text in here that I want to give a mention to, seeing as we have been talking this week, certainly, about the trolley crisis and what's going on in our hospitals. And we've been talking about how bad the situation is at our hospitals and one of the issues that came up yesterday when we were talking about the number of people that were on trolleys waiting to get into a bed in a hospital it's hit record levels twice twice this week records were broke on the number of people trying to get into a hospital um, and that then led to me find, getting trying to get because people were saying how many people are delayed discharges and so I got the information on how many people last week were in a hospital bed who Doctors, consultants had come around and say, OK, you're good to go, way home with you. Um, over 600 of them. But there was nowhere for them to go. There wasn't a nursing home for them to go to. There wasn't respite facilities available or they couldn't get a home care package in order to give them a little bit of help that they would need when they would go home. So they have remained in the hospital beds. I don't know what the figures are for this week. But last week, it was it was over 600 people were delayed discharges. It really was shocking. Well, Pat from Pat O'Hara Video Production in Charleville 
has messaged me this morning and said, Patricia, I've been holding back on mentioning this regarding the trolley crisis in hospitals these, these days. But this was about three years ago, writes Pat. Minister Simon Harris was visiting a respite centre in West Limerick and I was asked to go along to do a video recording of the event, which Pat says I did. A local lady who was in respite in the centre for two weeks at the time of the visit said to Minister Simon Harris that day that she had the solution to the trolley crisis back then and this was three years ago. And this is what that woman who was in there for respite said to the then Minister for Health who happens to still be the Minister for Health. She said, Mr Harris, if the government and the health board got together ASAP and built a respite centre of between 10 and 12 beds in every village and town in Ireland, that would solve at least 90% of the bed blocking that goes on in hospitals. So people could be discharged on time from the hospitals, go to respite before going home, if that be the case. How true was she, says Pat. Well, and he didn't listen. He certainly didn't listen. And I don't know what the cost implications of doing something like that would be, but it's certainly that lady, what a wise, wise lady, and I hope she's still hale and hearty, but what a wise, wise lady she was that she could even see from her two weeks in respite because she was obviously seeing other people coming to respite in a step-down facility. They just needed the extra week or two and then they'd be fine to go home. She's a wise, wise woman, but, you know, we, we've lots of advice given, given to TDs and they for, you know, they'll have, they'll have a bucket of reasons as to why that can't work and it'll probably be the cost and this and, the, and that. But it costs more, remember, to keep a person in an acute... It certainly costs much more to keep a person in an acute bed in a hospital than it would to keep them in a nursing home. And certainly a lot more than it would that if you had them at home, even with a little bit of home support, be it home help and a home care package. Uh, thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103. We've been speaking about the air ambulance this morning on the programme and the fact that the, uh, the Minister, Simon Harris, now that I speak of him, has done first indication that the state may bail, bail out the air ambulance. He has come forward and has told the HSE to save the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance because it's very close to being grounded because they're running out of money. Somebody says lottery money should be used for the air ambulance. Surely, surely that is a much worthier cause than anything else that benefits from the lottery. The majority of us play the lottery at some point, so we'd all be paying our bit towards the air ambulance. Also, any unclaimed prizes should go back in, should not go back into the pot. It should be used for things like help the homeless are, as is the case now, maybe use it to to fund the air ambulance instead and saying thank you for that and on air ambulance Hi Patricia what about the rumour proposing Bantry Hospital be downgraded to a 9 to 5 hospital all emergency admissions outside these hours would have to go to CUH I haven't heard that rumour and I really hope that it isn't true because my God CUH at the moment are not able to cope let alone if you started to downgrade some of the hospitals in the uh, county so I haven't heard that rumour so I don't know where that is stemming from 1850 and Tim is on about general election. Will we have a general election or not? And he's got a little bit of a prediction for us. Once only a killjoy like Ruth Coppinger says Tim would want an election before the ministers have a chance to go abroad to promote Ireland as a base for industry and tourism and for the visits to the American cities to get the undocumented Irish regularised. Obviously he's talking about St Patrick's Day and how important St Patrick's Day is to this country. Tim is predicting a month later 
17th of April. The two party leaders, both former Ministers of Health, know they cannot fix the health situation nor the housing crisis so therefore are in no rush to face the public. This will be Micheál Martin's last chance to avoid being the only Fianna Fáil leader never to have been a Taoiseach says uh, Tim. So he is predicting the 17th of April as the likely date for we should mark down people's predictions and see because yesterday we were talking about predictions that were coming from inside of Leinster House. People were saying an election as early as the 7th 7th of February or the following Friday which would be St Valentine's Day the 14th of uh, February but Leo Varadkar himself I think would agree with the 17th of April because he certainly wants the election date in April and not before uh, April so we will wait and see 1850 lines open The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie Clyde Rovers GAA they've got their weekly Lotto draw in Derry Murphy's Bar tonight. The jackpot is €4,200 and tickets are available from Jerry Murphy. Tickets are now on sale for Alice in Panterland. It'll be held in Formoy Community Youth Centre. It opens on Tuesday next, the 14th of January and runs through up until Sunday the 26th. Total of 10 shows. It's a major fundraising event for the Youth Centre and you can book now by contacting Formoy Community Youth Centre on Ashkey in Formoy. Donnerwell Active Retirement, their next meeting is next Monday, 3 o'clock in the Community Centre. All are welcome. And don't forget Colin and District Special Needs Association, their annual sponsored weigh-in. So it's a big, big event every week, every year that starts next Monday, 8 o'clock and it's in Colin Community Centre. Andrina Community Alert have asked us to mention they're holding an information night in Drina Community Hall on Tuesday next, 14th of January at 8 o'clock. Topics to be discussed will include farm safety, fire and crime prevention and home and property security. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 and can I just go back to an issue that I spoke about earlier today when somebody contacted us and we've shared it on our Facebook page to say, uh, was wondering, had anybody spotted something early yesterday morning around the Mill Street Junction near the Sand Pit House at Pub where dumping had gone on and they were wondering if anybody had dash cam footage or did anybody notice anything early in the morning yesterday morning. I've just, after John Paul has sent me on the photograph because I didn't have access to the Facebook while I was here on air. It's actually bags of clothes. You know the way when clothes get collected for charity? It's bag loads of clothes. Now, I don't know what condition the clothes are in, but somebody must have been collecting clothes and then decided to dump it. That is really strange. I don't think we have ever come across something like that before, that amount of clothes uh, to be dumped. So... And I don't know if the Gardaí are involved in looking into it or the, not the Gardaí, the council, if the council are going through it. I don't know if, there was, if you'd be able to identify anything that's in it because it's just a bag load, literally a big 
white bags and black sacks full of, you know the way you'd bag off your clothes and you'd bring them to the charity shop or you'd donate them to some organisation that's collecting clothes for charity. They're bags like that. It's very bizarre that they've just been dumped on the side of the road. And Mary, when we were talking about looking for buttons earlier on, Mary says, I heard you listening this morning looking for buttons. I am looking to buy fabric to make an item. I always bought what I needed in Hickey's in the arcade in Cork City. Sadly, another shop that's no longer there. I like to look at it. I like to feel the material that I intend to buy. So therefore, I dislike buying anything online. It's a pity that so many of these craft shops are closing down, as I'm sure there are a lot of people like me that prefer the personal touch when going out shopping. Yeah, there's a lot of people bemoan the loss of those shops. And uh, we've a number of people about the air ambulance um, and all the money that has been raised for the air ambulance. Somebody says, love, uh, love that money has been raised in the Cork area. What about Kerry and the people of Limerick and Clare and Tipperary? They are also benefiting. Is it not time that they're also out fundraising on behalf of the air ambulance? I'm sure fundraising goes on in other areas as well, but we're back to should it be the government? We know now that Minister... Simon Harris has told the HSE to save the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance from being grounded but we don't know if that's just with a short term money and people are saying should should the HSE just take over the fully funding of this air ambulance it will and could save any one of our lives we never know James in Brewery joins me on this topic good afternoon to you James good afternoon Patricia do you think the government should fund the Community Air Ambulance? Um, I'm amazed actually it's such important um Part of uh, of our safety measures in Ireland, so on, Munster area. I'm I'm amazed that it's just been funded 100% by uh, fundraising because fundraising it, it, there's so much of it going on and everybody most of it is very important and um, everywhere I go you you meet people selling tickets so on for different things. I think it's a bit hit and miss because um, this morning I, I was listening to Patricia highlighting that and we have a lot of public representatives in Munster saying nothing about it. And then I had Simon Coveney announcing two million for the, the for the FAI and we know the state that they're in at the moment. He shouldn't have been doing that. If Shane Ross should have been doing that. And who who made the announcement for the FAI? Simon Coveney made an announcement this morning because oh, they're on the eve on the eve of an election. He'd done it before with Parkley Cueve. Yeah, and it, this is for Glanmire Soccer Club, so it's in his constituency. No, no, but I'm saying like the DFAI is an overall body is in a mess. I know, they're not, I know. They're, they're not properly ordered to account for anything. They're in a terrible state and that is absolutely nauseating to listen to it. And that's not taken from Gladmire Soccer Club who, who no, no, probably no, need no. the money. But I know what you're saying. If they have two million, it should it not have been just handed straight over to the community air ambulance to say go away and save lives with it? Well, the ALMs to me, or there should be a list of priority, and that should be way up the list. And if it was only, if it was only in Munster alone, put a half a cent on a gallon of petrol, or local tax, or whatever, I don't care. It would be no problem collecting that kind of two million. There'd be no need for people running around the street with buckets, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the model that was agreed and the National Ambulance Service are adamant that they only agreed to enter into the partnership arrangement with the Community Air Ambulance was because they said it would be a charity model that they say that they could sustain. Even though I had my suspicions, can I say, from day one when I heard that they needed to raise two million a year. I mean, whatever about raising two million to get the ambulance pardon the pun, off the ground. But to maintain two million every year, that's a lot of money. 
they had a lot of money, as I said, it's too hit and miss for such an important uh, project. Uh, we had some of that before with, with the Cox Swans and all them things, and they're only all political stuff that comes around now and again, and a big splash. That's no good. We need positive funding for an important project. Mm. OK. All right, James. Listen, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I think a lot of people will agree with uh, James. It's, it never should have been, never should have been a charity model. It should always have been funded by the HSE. Our last day for our competition with the Park Avon Hotel. The Park Avon Hotel is on the Muckles Road in Killarney. Every day this week we've been playing the cl- a clip from a well-known Kerry person. You've got to identify the person. This is by text or WhatsApp only please to 0862103103. Who is this? So I'm kind of a believer in karma. If, you, if you're going out doing that sort of stuff, someday it's, it's going to turn or something, something not so nice yeah. might happen to you in a match and it's, it's, it's not part of the game. Ooh, is that hard? Do you want that one again? Will I play it again? So I'm kind of a believer in karma. If you if you're going out doing that sort of stuff, someday it's it's going to turn or something something not so nice yeah. might happen to you in a match, and it's 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 not part of the game. Okay, who do you think that is? If you know who that is, I now need you to text the name of that person along with your name and address to 0862103103 or if you are on WhatsApp you can WhatsApp it as well and then we will leave it open for about 10 minutes and then we will select a winner and today's prize again is two nights B&B in a family suite for two adults and two children with complimentary leisure facility which includes a heated indoor swimming pool sauna steam room and fitness room it is a terrific prize from the Park Avon uh, Hotel on the Muckrose Road which was formed the old uh, Holiday Inn it's within walking distance of the town centre it's got lots of lively bars and attractions and it is the perfect base to go and visit and look at Killarney and they, the Parkhaven Hotel suggests that you come along you explore you relax and you enjoy and you can check out more about the hotel by checking out their website which is parkhavenhotel.com so I'm kind of a believer in karma. If you if you're going out doing that sort of stuff, someday it's it's going to turn or something something not so nice yeah. might happen to you in a match, and it's 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 not part of the game. Okay, and a couple of get working on that. A couple of texts in reacting to my letter from Donal about the social dancing, and how we went to some place in West Cork. And mighty night of music and wonderful social dancing going on for four and a half hours, but he couldn't find any female to dance with him. Jerry in Glowthorn says the situation is that people are dancing, but they're not, but they are dancing incorrectly. And that's putting off a lot of people, says Gary. There are a lot of classes going on. And if you don't know who to waltz with correctly, it doesn't work. So it doesn't matter what about the age. If you don't know the basic steps, then you make them up. But the correct ones could be the reason. So it's important to go to the correct dancing schools. There are people giving classes uh, that are, but uh, and then going into a classroom type. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure what you mean there. I'm assuming what you're saying is there are people not giving correct, uh, cla- correct dance steps and dancing classes. Because Donald did say in his text that he's looking for somebody who's got 
who preferably dancing good basic steps. So he wants somebody who's able to dance. Marion says, I go to a lot of dances and I have not really come across what Donald is talking about. Unless he's going around asking women the wrong way. A lot of fellows come over and demand a dance without asking. If they ask in a shy way or are cheeky, are confident, at least they're asking. But some guys are very demanding and expect that you will dance with them. Well, I took it from Donald's that he's not even approaching anybody because he feels everybody is with... They were all couples. He was wondering, are there any dances where groups of ladies will go along together and groups of men will go along together? That therefore, you know, he could walk across the dance floor, which can be quite intimidating to say, would you like to dance? Kay says, the guy, if he went along to Michael Welton's dance classes, he shouldn't feel lost. As there are a lot of women attending those classes. Yes, people go with partners, but there's no problem with dancing with another woman. So I don't think he should feel lost. If he goes to Michael's dance classes after a night or two, he'll actually get to know people. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe maybe our donor's a bit shy. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a little bit of shyness uh, is going on. I'm not sure if that's the case. We need to get him to be a bit braver and walk across the dance floor and actually ask somebody to, to dance. On the air ambulance. A text. A while back, I suggested a levy on health insurance companies to help the air ambulance. Lottery funding is more deserving here than for soccer or unclaimed prize money. The dormant accounts and cab could also be used to fund the air ambulance. And Michael by Texas. Patricia, how are you? Happy New Year. Many happy returns. On the downgrade, the downgrading of Bantry Hospital, it was mentioned... You mentioned it on your programme here today and wondered where did that rumour come from? Where it was actually mentioned last night by Deputy Michael Collins when he was on TV. As you already said, it would be a complete disaster. This is a wonderful hospital and it should be upgraded. There should be no mention or no talk of downgrading Bantry Hospital. I see on yesterday's paper that the HSE chiefs wants less A&Es throughout the country in a week with the highest level of trolleys ever recorded. Where do they get these people from? Not a mention of the wages they get. And that's uh, Michael texting 0862-103-103. Let's take a break and we're back talking movies with Mark Malone. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you The Arts House. Every Sunday on C103. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10 with... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. On C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. 
And Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, is with us. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. You went on to the movies to see The Gentleman. Mm-hmm. And then on streaming service, it is extraordinary. But let's take a trailer from Gentleman. There once was a young and foolish dragon who came to ask a wise and cunning lion about acquiring his territory. Now, the lion, he wasn't interested. So he told the little dragon to the dragon, he persisted. Oh, goody. He started a war. So the lion took the little dragon for a walk and put five bullets in his little dragon head. He's warming up now, isn't it? There's a message in there. Maybe you can explain it to me. The young succeed the old. Enjoy the show. Bang, 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 bang. It's gonna get messy. I forgot to wash my hands. There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. That's a fantastic trailer. Uh, this is Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it's Guy yeah. Ritchie, yeah. yeah. So a lot will depend on what you think of him and how you, yeah. you, know, how you yeah. feel about his movies. He's going back to the old gangster days again of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch here. Uh, he's had a kind of an up and down kind of career along the way. You know, he's, uh, Lock, Lock, Stock was good. Snatch was good. The Sherlock Holmes movies with um, Robert Downey was good. But then he kind of went off the rails a bit and started making these awful movies. He made Swept Away with Madonna, who he was married to at that time. That was terrible. bizarre. Yeah. Revolver, rock and roll, terrible, terrible movies. And he then came back again with the Sherlock Holmes movies and people thought, OK, he's back. And, they you know, were we good. What he's doing again. Yeah. And then weirdly, last year, he made uh, Aladdin, which was OK. Oh, yeah. God, I've forgotten that was Guy Ritchie. That yeah. was Guy Ritchie, yeah. yeah. Which, and nobody thought that uh, Guy Ritchie would be a, a Disney director. But, yeah. you know, he did OK. Yeah, he yeah. Came it was out, OK, yeah. made a huge amount of money. I think it was when one of the top 10 films here in Ireland in fact most of them were Disney films anyway in Ireland last year so yeah so his, his, it's been a bit up and down it's been a bit mixed so he's decided to go back again to the kind of gangster uh, kind of genre again and uh, this film The Gentleman about men who are, of course are anything but which I presume is uh, you know the first it's joke a play on that yeah. and a lovely bit there when you heard the toilet going there you know that's yeah, Hugh and Grant wa- and he washed his hand Hugh Grant it's is, Hugh Grant it's yeah. Hugh Grant who's yeah. having this kind of renaissance in his kind of career at the moment there's a lovely scene <laughs> and so he comes out of the toilet and two men are carrying a body across the hallway and he's like oh, I forgot to wash my hands and he walks back in again you know what I mean which is quite funny uh, so basically the story well it's, there's actually three or four stories all kind of uh, revolving around one and they all kind of mix uh, and so it can be quite kind of complicated at times but what they've decided to do they've decided to kind of tell the story in an interesting kind of funny way in that Hugh Grant um, sits down with um, Charlie Hunman here and Hugh Grant is this kind of really horrible kind of sleazy kind of tabloid journalist and you know that this is Harry, Hugh Grant just loving you know portraying this kind of journalist because you know he's had problems with the press in, in England uh, mm. over the past few years and so he plays this really really kind of scuzzy horrible creature you know who's been following um, Charlie Hunnam and Matthew McConaughey who are partners uh, in crime and he's been following they're drug, them they're drug barons they're drug barons and he's been yeah. following everything they've done filming them taking photographs and what he's done is he's written this screenplay about what he's seen in the, in the previous six months and so what they do is they use that to tell the story as they do it then in flashback okay. as to what's happened in the That's previous clever. six months which is very clever and yeah. it, 
does work and it does because it works because Hugh Grant is just enjoying himself here and he's having a great time and he plays this really horrible sleazy character and he's very very funny and very very good at it so anyway basically yeah so Matthew McConaughey he's this uh, he, he, he's, um, he grows these, these cannabis uh, farms and the way he does it is to go through these toffs in England who have these huge kind of homes but they've no money they've no cash to run these homes and they want to keep the homes so what he basically does is can I use your estate to grow these uh, this cannabis um, and I will pay you in cash and they went yes thanks very much indeed and that's what I'll have so he wants to get out of the business and so he wants to sell off which is an empire that's really profitable to these um, Oklahoma billionaires but of course it's never really that easy and uh, as you might think because of course they want to get the best deal possible at the same time along comes Henry Golding and what Henry Golding is part of this Chinese gang who, who basically wants to take it away from him and also involved then is a very funny turn from uh, Colin Farrell as, as, as coach who coaches these kind of thought young, I heard Colin Farrell in that with clip. a really double and accent yeah, it? yeah. And, yeah. He's, and he's very very funny and um, and what he basically does is he, 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 he trains all these boys to keep them off the streets but it doesn't really quite work they raid one of the uh, cannabis farms and so he then gets into trouble uh, along with the boys uh, in amongst this whole kind of melee of, of gangsterism and it's all written very very cleverly it's written by Guy Ritchie and I have to admit I was hugely entertained by it you know it's it's a much smaller film than the previous kind of gangster films he's done there's no huge set pieces here this is all about the script and the acting all of which is really really good you know I just love the way uh, some of the, the characters speak in ways that you wouldn't expect them to and it's very very funny Michelle Dockery is, has a lovely role she in it as well she was Downton Abbey she was in Downton Abbey, she yeah, was, yeah. In yeah. fact, Kate Beckinsale was meant to play the character, but two days before filming just walked away from it. That's then. right, yeah. So obviously she had problems with okay. Richie, I presume. So Michelle Dockery is very, very funny and very good, you know what I mean? And has her own scenes of action as well. So she's she's not a kind of a, you know, this kind of wispy kind of lady kind of character as you might see in a lot of these films. So look, it's a terrific cast. They're all very, very good. It's a lovely screenplay. And, uh, and the screenplay, if you have a very wordy film, it's all down to the actors to make it interesting. Yeah. And of course, it's full of his kind of very kinetic, quick kind of editing. And uh, and I liked it very much indeed. He is good. He is good. Guy yeah. is good. OK, mark it out of 10. Uh, I'll give it eight. Eight out of 10. And that's in the cinemas at the moment. Now, DVD are streaming Extraordinary. This is an Irish film, and well, uh, which p- features a lot of Cork actors, and so there's a lot of Cork accents in it, which is really, really interesting and good to hear. Uh, the teenager went to see this last year in the cinema, and she came back gushing about it and said, "Dad, this is a film you really, really have to see. It's really, really funny and really entertaining." And so I was waiting for it to, to come on streaming, and it has. It stars Maeve Higgins from Cove, who is a wonderful stand-up comedian and a fabulous actress, and has done really quite well in America. I mean, she's uh, she's made a, quite an impact uh, over there. It's directed by Michael Hearn and uh, Andrew Lockman, and this is kind of basically really their first film. Now they are the writers of this but Maeve Higgins has also been given a credit for some of the writing and I get the impression that uh, a lot of the, the jokes and the gags maybe have been put in by her and, and she's got this incredibly kind of downbeat kind of deadpan almost kind of performance in it which is basically her kind of stand-up performance and that makes it just you know ten times even better. Funnier. Because every time she's on screen she's funny and exciting and interesting and it's all and it doesn't seem like that but she's telling so much with just a look and a, and a smile and she's absolutely terrific. So in it anyway she's it's set in rural Ireland uh, she's an uh, Irish it's not set in Cork 
Um, I don't think it. No. It's set in kind of rural. Kind Rur- of, okay, yeah, they even don't though state. Even though yeah. no, they, everybody keeps their accents. So obviously they, they had Cork, um, you know, actors in the film. So they said, Look, just, yeah. just keep your accent. So uh, it so it doesn't make any, any difference whether or not they have Cork accents or not. Or not. So she's basically a um, an Irish driving instructor, but she's got powers. She's got these kind of supernatural talents. Okay. But she basically doesn't really want to have anything to do with it anymore. So Barry Ward, who plays this character of Martin Martin, which is the only gag that I didn't particularly like. Martin in the film. Martin. Yeah, I didn't. Like okay. that. I thought that, right. that was kind of silly. But anyway, he has uh, problems because uh, Christian Winter, who is this kind of washed up kind of superstar at one stage, uh, pop star, has come to Ireland because he's heard about the kind of tax breaks that uh, Irish people, you know, <laughs> singers can get. And uh, he, he, he. They exist. And he, he's kind of washed up and he's not really making music anymore. And uh, he's <laughs> he has this song, which is very similar, kind of Christa Berge type uh, song, which was kind of half a hit at one stage and he's kind of living off that. And at one stage, they do show a. a a, a quick shot of him supposedly in concert in front of this big crowd and you know it's Christa Burke which I thought was really Ooh. funny <laughs> so, and so that was nice but I, so so what he's done is so he makes this kind of um, pact with the devil to kind of uh, reignite his fame again and the way he has to do that he has to find a, a young girl of innocence and so they kidnap uh, Barry Ward's uh, daughter to, 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 to serve her up uh, to, to the devil and so, yeah. This so, is a comedy. So it's a rom-com kind yeah. of horror, yeah, silly, okay. foolish. And what I love about it is that the very first gag in the film made me laugh because it said based on a true story, which it isn't, of course, because yeah. obviously a lot of films. I'll, I'll say that nowadays. And the, the direction is is wonderful. It's really again very very kind of subdued and very very funny. And it's all down to Maeve Higgins. And and even the directors at times have in, an incredible amount of patience. There's a scene. Will Forte is the American import in this. Are we running in time? No, you're uh, okay. Will Forte is the uh, who is brilliant in Nebraska is the American import in this, and he plays Christian Winter. And like this, there are scenes where. The, the, the directors obviously have a lot of patience because there's a scene where he decides to take a um, a, um, a driving instruction from Rose and so the two of them sit in the car and he's got these leather gloves on and he takes about half an hour to take these gloves off right? as, as Maeve Higgins just, is just looking at him and he then puts gl- driving gloves back on and it's just the funniest thing you've ever seen and it goes to show you that something can be funny from just slapstick yeah. and, and, and on a very small budget and a very small budget and there are times when you can see that there are times when the film is undermined I think by its small budget a couple of the performances aren't quite 100% but most of them are and I see Carrie Crowley in the Carrie Crowley's in, in it Eamon Morrissey great to see him because we haven't seen him since you know a, for a long time yeah. and he's in a really really funny um, that part of the film it's got a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes the, I, think the Gar- I think the Guardian gave it 5 stars brilliant it's really and funny. it is called uh, Extraordinary but it's 15 A, so there's violence and, oh, uh, and naughtiness in it. So okay. um, it's not for the whole family. OK, listen, enjoy. Thank you for that. And uh, mark, mark it out of 10? I'll give it 9. 9 out of 10, OK, for extraordinary. OK, thank you for that. That's Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. Can we send congratulations to Maureen McCarthy from Mitchellstown, who correctly identified Colm Cooper and has won our final prize for the Park Avon Hotel on the Muckus Road in Killarney, formerly the Holiday Inn. She has won two nights B&B in a family suite for two adults and two children with complimentary leisure facilities, which includes a heated indoor swimming pool. Congratulations to you. And you can check out the hotel on parkavonhotel.com. Nick Richards is turning up the feel good with these tunes.
Okay, and that's where I leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul. Talk to you on Monday. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie So, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. And if you've a smart speaker, ask it to play C103. Play C103. Okay. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. Turn up the volume. We are C103. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.